Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. From the New York Times, this is The Run-Up. I'm Michael Barbaro. Today, on Thanksgiving Day, the third and final installment of our series of post-election dialogues, bringing together pairs of voters, people who care about each other, but who feel somehow betrayed by the other's vote. In each case, one voted for Trump, the other for Clinton. In this episode, a father and son. Craig is a 26-year-old actor living in California. His father, who has asked that we not use his name, is retired and living in Louisville, Kentucky, where Craig grew up. In many ways, they are a world apart. They rarely talk, and never like this, candidly, emotionally, and at length. Their phone call lasted two hours. You'll hear a condensed version of that conversation. It was guided by a set of questions we gave to them, the same questions that have been used in all of these dialogues. We start with Craig's father. All right, Craig, you ready to do this? Yeah, Dad. (laughs) All right. Describe your relationship to me. My relationship with you is, I feel like it's changed ever since I left home. Uh, When I went away for college and then went away for grad school, I felt that I became more independent and that we became less close. I think that my relationship with you has always been something that I've been trying to navigate and try to make us closer than we have currently been. Um, you know, I've really wanted to try to get a closeness with you, but it always seems like there's a wall. I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, you've left, you've grown up, you've matured, you've tried to start your own life, and it ain't that we don't uh, need each other or have grown away from each other. You got your life to live, and you want to live it the way you want to live it. And you're not trying to dominate me, and I'm not trying to dominate you, because I'm not telling you what you should be doing or how you should be doing it. I mean, it might feel strange or something, but I think that's just part of it. You know, your independence and wanting to do things your way. Are we close? I believe we are. I mean, like you say, I'm not the huggy person. I'm not the one to express I love you and, you know, and the thing. Yeah, you say I love you in actions in different ways. <laughs> but sometimes that's like the words that I really want to hear. Right. And you don't say enough and it's the day it's too late. That's why I want you to say it, Dad. Well, are we done? <laughs> what did number two? <laughs> Whom did I vote for and why? You voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> um, and the last time that we talked about it, you voted for him because 
you just didn't trust. Um, you, you had a lot of lack of trust in Hillary Clinton as a candidate. There was a lot of um, history for you because of her with Bill Clinton in the 90s. And you think that he's more of a candidate that has the best views for the American people. Um, you, you said it couldn't hurt if you voted for Donald Trump. See what happens. You wanted to break the Clinton regime. <laughs> well, I don't want to say so much that. But <laughs> they did have their issues while he was in. And they had issues with their financial situations. And they've had issues with what they called whitewater which was mm-hmm. basically back in the 90s or 90s where the development or something that they were involved in goes under and there's a lot of unexplained deaths that are associated with that and with them, but nothing's ever been proven. But I feel that she is a puppet and she had the opportunity to shine when Benghazi happened, but she let it go. You had all this email conspiracy going on, and, you know, no disclosure, no answers, or anything. To me, it's something she is hiding. I mean, you know, Trump sat there, and every speech that he gave, he never said, this is what I'm going to do. He said, we're going to do this. I don't think that anything that he did, like when we talk, is going to be a reflection on whatever you believe, you know, your lifestyles and everything. I mean, I, I'm a gay man, Dad. <laughs> I mean, and that was, I mean, what, what, what do you think was the most important issue for me? Well, probably your own rights, being recognized as a part of society. You know, wanting more opportunities and not so much as the negativity and discrimination or whatever, you know, you feel is affecting you. Right, but, I mean, remember when I called you the day after the election and I was really upset because... Of course, I felt like the country didn't recognize. I, I felt like I had no voice, and then I felt like with you, I had, I wasn't recognized. Well, vote ain't nothing against your lifestyle or anything else. It's how I felt, but it's not going to be a setback. Y'all have already come out in the last fifteen years. And have done more and received more. Yes, I mean, I get that we've come a long way, but yet, you know. Well, you know. We are still beaten and we're still shy and we're still told that we we shouldn't be allowed to be married. I would love to be married. I would love to invite you to my wedding. I would, I guess what I was really angry about is that. Would I have to walk you down the aisle or vice versa or what? Oh. <laughs> Let me get it. Let me get engaged first, and then we can talk about it. You know, we're from two different 
sides of the wall. I mean, for the most part, we sit there on the top of it and can discuss it and talk about it. But, you know, there's gay lifestyle and everything. I didn't grow up with. You know, it was secret. And at one time, when I was working and kid, and I'd be walking home from work, you know, I just had this guy following me. Just wanted to pick me up. You know? And it laid on my mind I wanted to beat the hell out of him. We caught him one night and almost did. There was a spot on the road that he was able to get out. But that time, you know, it was a, the biggest racial uprising, you know, during that time in the mid to late 60s, early 70s. You know, they were burning town. Well, I don't want to put they, you know, I'm trying to, you know, but. But, Dad, that guy that, 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 guy that you beat, the guy that you beat, which, what did that Well, mean? I mean, today, if I had that, it would have been a hate crime. You know? I mean, I've come out and come a long way as far as acceptance and tolerance. I mean, it was a big, big, like I said, biggest racial divide in the country. Right, and I guess what I need for you, Dad, is like I get that you have acceptance and tolerance, but you know, you accept me as your gay son, but to me, that's you being a good parent. And what I need, and what I told you is, I need you to be more than accepting of me. I need you to be, I need you to be an ally. <laughs> To support me is to just support me. I need you to support the us. You know, right now, at this point, I mean, I don't know if I can participate in the parades. I'm not asking you to march in a parade with me, Dad. <laughs> well, let's just say I'm not sure how to phrase it and not sound negative at the same time. I mean, I've got a lot that I've got to work on with it. I mean, it been a year. It's still a shock, I guess, you know. It's still coming to grips. So, Dad, when I came out, did that affect your politics? Did you think of me during this election? And now the issues that i got to consider are, you know, involving you. But i got to take it on my mind, too, because well, you know, there's only one part of the equation of, you know, ten parts. And I got to evaluate each of them as, to, you know, the priority. So anything, you know, that we don't agree on is not trying to cancel out the other's vote. You know, everybody in society is wanting something out of their government. and the government seems like it tries to please everybody. And a lot of this that I've seen is this uh, politically correctness. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if a kid don't get knocked in the nose and stand up to it, he's never going to stand up to anything. You can't sit there and feel... I mean, bullying has been around since the 
beginning of time, and it's not going to go away. Right, but I don't think that we should let it continue. Well, you don't let it continue. That's why you do have counseling. That's why well, I feel that these... I don't agree with the counseling. I agree with the kid or get a couple of his buddies, catch him after school, give him a good ass weapon, stand up to him. You're going to be bullied until you stop it. You know, counseling's not going to stop it. In some cases, it's going to bring more of that attention on you. But, Dad, what if that was me? I mean, like I, I was trying to tell you earlier when, you know, you were talking about when you were a teenager and this guy would follow you and you just beat him. I mean, not saying that. I mean, what if that was me? What if I got jumped and beaten? You know, if it's a group against one, there's not much of a fight, is there? Well, I'm saying that you got to stand up to it. And that's what I'm trying to do with this election. I mean, when when this, I mean, honestly, I feel like this election was like a fight that I've been wrestling with, and I've been knocked down, and I'm still like, still trying to get up from it, but yet I'm still being punched in the gut, and not just me. I mean, there's a a lot of people, uh, women, Muslims. I'm the same way. There's times when. You know, I see things that happen that benefit somebody else. It's a slap in the face to me because we deserve something, too. And now it's got to that point where, you know, you gave them this, we want this. And, you know, it's no quid pro quo there. You know, but it's the way the government's been. It just seems like it's been a bunch of issues based on trades I'll use instead of the core. How do you think our views came to be so different, Dad? Generational gap. I grew up on the tail end of the black demonstration, you know, the civil rights movement. And that was just the black people rising up and standing up saying, we're not going to take this. We deserve the respect. We deserve the jobs. You know, we want them. We want to be productive citizens, not looked upon as second rate. And it was a threat at the time to the powerful white. They didn't want to see that coming. They just like now, there was going to be an infringement on us. We were going to lose jobs. Our housing markets were going to decrease. And you saw it as more of a threat instead of a little hell. Positive movement, I guess. Well, what what do you think about the Black Lives Movement right now? I mean, we're talking about a generational gap, but I feel very much like, you know, you went through the Civil Rights Movement but look at the Black Lives Matter movement right now. How do you feel about that? You know what? They do matter. Every shooting, you know, all you hear is a white policeman when they shoot and kill a black. I watch the news every morning, and there is no riding in the streets, marching on the Capitol steps when they're killing each other daily. And, you know, 
four, five, and six a night. Right now, we've done surpassed our homicide rate about 10% what it was this time last year. I mean, it's three and four shootings, five a night here in Louisville, which you've never heard of before. I mean, you might have had that many in a six-month period. But back to what I was saying, your all movement now is a civil rights movement. It's going to take banding together. You all, you mean the gay community? Say, I'm not getting all out of my seat. Send me to jail. Make a stand. I understand that, Dad, but I don't feel like, I guess I'm just in this perspective of I shouldn't be asked in the first place. I should, I, you know, like, I shouldn't, what is it, Mike Pence's religious freedom. If I were to go to a store and somebody say, say, we're not serving you, you're gay. And I, that, I feel like. The thing I, about I that like, is people's ignorance. They think they're making a big statement by doing that. I mean, that's ignorance. That's not sitting down and trying to understand what the issue is, if you want to call it an issue. Right, but does me sitting down refusing to get up, does that allow us to have any understanding? I feel like I would just make them even more angry. I feel like there wouldn't be a conversation. They would call and like That said. person there has probably got problems already to begin with. He feels like he's been shafted or something. He's just trying to get back at the world and do his little part to keep this cycle of racism and discrimination and hate going. We'll be right back. Over the last 25 years, the world has witnessed incredible progress from dial-up modems to 5G connectivity, from massive PC towers to AI-enabled microchips. Innovators are rethinking possibilities every day. Through it all, Invesco's QQQ ETF has provided investors access to the world of innovation. Be a part of the next 25 years of new ideas by supporting the fund that gives you access to innovative companies. Invesco QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETFs' risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. Before investing, carefully read and consider fund investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in prospectus at Invesco.com. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Ira Glass from This American Life. If you don't know our show, it's true stories that unfold like little movies for radio. Lots of them funny with surprising moments and plot twists. We've been on the radio for years. And we've teamed up with The New York Times to bring you new episodes of This American Life a full day and a half before you can find them anywhere else online. And the place you can do that is the New York Times audio app every Saturday morning. In the app, you also find the best of our archive, hundreds of episodes, plus This American Life shorts, which are handpicked stories when you're in the mood to hear something good but you don't have time for a whole episode. And the New York Times audio app, can I say, is chock full of tons of other stories and podcasts curated every day for those moments that you want to listen to something and you don't know what you want to listen to. You can download it at nytimes.com slash audio app and subscribe to start listening. And if you're not already a New York Times subscriber, well, this is another reason to become one. Again, that's nytimes.com slash audio app. We're back with our dialogue between Craig in California and his father in Kentucky. We pick up with Craig's father asking his son if it's been difficult to talk with him about this election. 
Has it been difficult to talk to me about this? Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty difficult, mainly because you and I have never spoken politics before. And it's hard for me not to take it personally. I, there's a lot of feeling with this election. And every time we talk, I, I try to to listen to you because I think that's the most important is to just to listen. But I... I find that I get angry and I get upset, not at you, but just with everything that's going on in this country right now. Um, It is difficult because I don't agree with you. Well, that's fine. I mean, this ain't the first thing we've disagreed on. It's the first time that you probably had stronger feelings about it, more of a perspective of your own, but you got to take into account my perspective, and you know, it's that two-headed coin we come back to. I mean, you can't let it affect you because it didn't go your way. I mean, I'm not sitting here gloating about it, am I? I'm not pushing it down your throat. Ha, 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 ha. If Clinton would have won, I can sit and bitch and moan and everything about it. But it ain't going to change the fact that she's won and she would have been the president of the country. I would have had to accept it. You can try to fight it. You can try to resist it. Whatever. But where is it going to lead? I've said before, I'm just a turd in a big pile of poop. You know? <laughs> We're all in it together. That is so gross, Dad. <laughs> I'm just, well, boy, down south. I just put it out there. Do you think I've respected your views? Respect? Yes. I think you respect my views. Well, I think I've tried to respect the views of everybody else, or I'm, you know, trying to get that way, trying not to be so, take the blinders off, you know, see what's on the other side of things. Is that difficult for you to do at times? Yeah, because I've still got my ways that I was raised in, you know. Well, I got hanging in the garage. You don't agree with it. I got an American flag. I got a Marine Corps flag. I got a rebel flag, and I got the MIA flag, the OW. And each of them represents something to me that otherwise you don't see it in that perspective. I mean, you think I'm sitting there bragging that I believe in the slavery aspect and the civil rights aspect of the Civil War? No. I'm using that as a sign of a Southern heritage who fought and died just as much for their country and beliefs as what the people from the North did. Right, but Dad, that's, you're a white man's perspective of that. I mean, uh, yeah. to the black community, that's a very offensive flag. And that's why, I mean... Not, no, 
maybe to the majority of them, but you've had black infantry troops in the Civil War that were fighting on both sides. It is offensive. <laughs> it's, no, I'm not going to go there because, you know, that's an opinion. Okay, well, I mean, that is an opinion, but, and you know, I mean, I've... Uh... You think I'm a sexist or racist? Yeah. Why? Dad. I know what you're going to say. I guess that you come, I mean, as a kid. I know. I remember you distinctly. Straight out, distinctly, saying N word, you know, or talking about this, that, the other. And... Well, I, don't, I don't really so much think that I was directing it as a racist, but I was seeing the stereotypical type of uh, behavior or whatever, you know, portrayal. That it's when, you know, you see what's going on in the courtrooms in the morning on the news, who's being shot, where they're being shot, who's convicted of drugs and possession and everything. It's not, I think, so much racist as it was a stereotypical thing. It was back in the 70s when, you know, I was getting out of high school and trying to get jobs and everything. There were jobs out there. But it was a big push during that time period that you had the sexist movement and the racist, racist movement still going on. And I was felt like I was in the minority and discriminated against. Because they had to bring these positions up to quota. Right. Okay, but Dad, first of all, you're a and white, straight man. Taste. You're not in the minority. I'm just saying, I felt that way. I didn't say I was. But I'm just, well, good. Use that as empathy. I felt that way because all this was being presented for them. Right, but... And I okay. couldn't find it. But, Dad, what I, I guess that's what I'm curious about. You know, as a kid, I grew up hearing those words. I grew up hearing those comments in our own family, you know, pointing out and saying the n-word and then calling a gay couple like look at those faggots i mean that's what that was that affected me hard that is what prolonged me telling you i was your gay son for 25 years okay did it ever cross your mind that oh my kid is five years old i shouldn't probably not be saying these words in front of them or is that your way of like showing me I don't know, you know, like... Well, I know what you're saying. It was presenting you to it, you know, inviting you to it, or uh, uh, initiating you into it. Into racism? I don't want to say racism. I mean, I'm probably... At the time, 75, 25... Now, right now, uh, maybe 60, 40. 
I don't know how, what I'm saying or how I'm saying it, but... 60-40 what? I guess 40 racists and 60, well, you know, okay. Because I feel like I'm progressing with it. I feel like I'm trying. I mean, I... Well, I hope that you're not doing with, you know your grandson, what you were doing with me. I hope you're not initiating him. No. I Yeah. I mean, no. I've sat there and I've held on to the same thing that I grew up with. Now I'm kind of cleaning house and getting away from all this that I held on to and it's time to get rid of, you know? Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of work, and I'm glad that you're doing it. What do you think we agree on? What do we agree on? Um, it ain't politics, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not politics, and that's okay. I think we agree on that hard work can really get you far. Um, you've always insulted that in me. You know, to not to go above and beyond, not to just settle. Um, Hard work, dedication. We agree upon respect for everybody that we meet, to be open and to be friendly. I also think we can agree to disagree. We've said that before. You have your views and I have mine. And But, you know, sometimes I feel like we always use that as an excuse to just all right, that's it. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's just agree to disagree. But I never really gain anything from it, which is why it's good to talk <laughs> about those things that we disagree upon and even the things that we do agree upon. Well, I'm the same way you are, you know, just the way I've gone about instilling, you know, the values and the hard work and the morals and everything in you to be able to watch you succeed to where you are and you know I can't tell you what to do anymore you know the decisions are yours I can like you say we'll talk what do I think what do you think and overall you're your own man you can't be what somebody wants you to be you gotta be who you are. Ned, remember y'all's uh, theme in high school? Dare to be you. Dare to be you. Yeah. Well, there you are. Be you. That's what I'm being, Dad. Go for it. I'm proud of you. Proud of you. Very proud. Love you, Dad. Love you too. That was Craig in California and his father in Kentucky. We know that many of you are at home with your families today and all this weekend, and that many of you can relate to the distances and the differences that can exist between family members, especially after a divisive election like the one we just had. That's why we've put the list of questions we've used for all of these dialogues online for you, if you want to have a conversation like the one we just had in the coming days with your own family. They're at nytimes.com runup. 
That's it for The Run-Up. I'm Michael Barbaro. Happy Thanksgiving. There's danger out there. Every notification, swipe, social post, video, or selfie while driving risks your life. So while sharks might be scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.